Hi Chris, how are you? Yeah, good morning Rod, here we are, we're getting ready for episode 76 on the 13th of July. I thought I'd go straight in with the episode numbers, we're going to be short and sweet today. Yeah, we're just for the listeners, because we don't want to completely deprive you while we all go off and do holidays and things, more me than Chris to be fair. We're going to record three short episodes, we're going to do them all in one day, we're going to pretend that we're from the future in the later ones, so in case there's breaking news that we don't deal with, that's why. And we'll just try and be to the point, I think. Yeah, I think so. And it's always hard, isn't it, trying to work out what to do when you're on holiday. But like you say, we wanted to keep it going. And we thought this was probably the best compromise. As you're away for two weeks, I am not. I will be here morning, not talking to you every Monday night. But we'll figure it out. You'll have something to download or your podcast client will have something to download anyway and something to listen to, even if it's short and sweet. So this first episode, which is episode 76 for the 13th of July, 2023, we're going to mostly deal with little news stories because it's still quite current and it's probably worth us having a look at things. Should we dive straight in, Chris? Yeah, let's do it. So first up, I think it's just worth noting that Apple have released developer beta 3, but also the first public beta of all the iOS 17 era updates. So that's iPad, iPhone, Mac tv studio display home pods even i believe are out there so it's just worth noting that because now is quite a good time if you're interested and you don't mind maybe a couple of crashes or some apps not quite working this is the best time to get on board if you want to do it slightly earlier than most i must confess i've just installed it on all my tvs because i love the new home screen where you get more icons on it and the new control center and i've been using it for a few weeks on a test device and actually it works flawlessly i think it's because this year most of the updates are so fairly minor it's probably a lot safer to install the, the public beta. So I'm really keen to get on, on on iOS 17 everywhere. So yeah, I've done the house. Wow. No, it's still the developer beta on my phone. I think this is not a bad place to jump on. I agree with you. These betas have been the most stable betas I think I've ever seen. All my banking apps continue to work. The app wallpaper app Wallaroo, which is by the Icon Factory, will download new wallpaper for you. It's quite a nice app. It's a subscription thing, but they do really cool wallpapers. And I noticed they've done a very nice Futurama one for Futurama coming back on Disney with Bender. So I thought, oh, I'll fire that up and I'll subscribe for a month or two to get that. Immediately crashes, instantly crashes on iOS 17. So that's the first app I've seen that just has a problem with it. Everything else has just worked. The battery's been a bit rubbish. But that's often the way with betas. And other than the awful text keyboard entry bug, I've got nothing really that annoys me an awful lot. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think I haven't really had any app crashes, but the keyboard text entry bug in messages, occasionally basically the text field doesn't appear or the send button. So you just have to go out the app and come back in. That is the one bug that I'm surprised is still there, but they must be doing something fundamental with that piece. Yeah, I don't understand why they haven't fixed that because that has been there since the start. It hasn't got better. It hasn't gone away. It affects more than just messages. It also affects uh, Slack, Telegram, Signal, and all the other messaging apps as well. So it's obviously like a show keyboard, high keyboard bug more than just a message specific one. Yeah, I don't use any of those things, so I haven't noticed it. You do use Teams though, right? Yeah, I've not really seen it in Teams. Okay, I guess you're using Teams more for calls than for sort of texting. No, uh, I use it quite a bit for IMing because often if I'm on a call on my on my iPad, then I am on my iPhone to say faffing about with the, with the screen. But no, I've not seen it so much on Teams. Teams does a lot of weird stuff anyway, so maybe that's actually going in their favour that they're not using all the out the box stuff. Oh, whatever it is, a Node app or Electron or whatever it is that Teams is actually written on. Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, we better we better move on from that one. But recommend to people to go get it. There is some good stuff in there. 
there is some good stuff in there. I mean, if you're not the kind of person who's there's not that much to notice. I have seen one story about the thing that's changed iOS for for a few people is the the sleep mode thing. I forget what it's called when it's locked in on a magnetic charging puck. Standby. Standby. Some people really like it. It sort of changed. They're buying more magnetic pucks and sticking in their kitchens and things so they can see what's going on. It's all right. I, I got to say, I'm not. I'm not that fussed about it. I've not noticed it, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, it's just not not an issue for me. No. Yeah. I don't, Fair I don't know what to say about it. I'm sorry. It's just it's just something I haven't really yeah. used. So as cool features go, it's the it's about the widgets and the apps. A little bit of improved keyboard stuff and standby if you want it. Moving on, and this is a kind of bittersweet one, I think, for me. So Evernote, one of the original note-taking companies, before Apple got their note-taking house in order, Evernote was probably the biggest note-taking app in the world for a long time. We might talk about it later on in another show. But Evernote has just laid off all most of its US staff and moved most of operations to Europe. They've been acquired by a company called Bending Spoons, and it just looks to me like the writing is on the wall for Evernote. I'm I'm st- stumbling because I'm like bending spoons. That's kind of a cool name. I wonder if that was inspired by the Matrix. Has to. Be. I didn't realize they got bought. I'm not surprised because note taking is massive, but you never really hear anybody talking about Evernote. You know, there's a lot of note taking. I actually this week just bought Bear Two because I thought I'd give that a go. It's it's a markdown note taking to do list sort of app, and I thought you know well I'll, I'll just try it on the two week trial which is unlike me to, to try an app out. I usually stick with what I've got. I'm quite impressed with it, but it's weird that Evernote aren't really making much noise in that space when they were there first. I think they scared a lot of people off when they used to analyze your notes and show you interesting links on the internet and stuff. It's like, well, I don't really want you trawling through my, my notes. Thank you very much. So I think they lost, they did really well. They gained a lot of market share and then they managed to to lose that market share. So it's, it is sad. I never want to see anybody getting laid off, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's it's difficult to fl- fight with the platform vendors as well. Both Apple and Google got their, you know, with that Google's Keep and Apple's own Notes app, they got they got them their act together pretty quickly with what should be a basic note taking app. And if you remember, about ten years ago, there was the rise of people just posting their thoughts from their Apple Notes app directly onto Twitter about what was going on, rather than do anything else. So it almost became a writing app and a habit for people. And if you've got that built in. Why would you go off and download Evernote? And if I even recall even more correctly, Evernote was a big deal when it launched on Chromebooks back in the day. It was one of the things, and there were all sorts of syncing problems with the Chromebook's ability to work with Evernote as a web app. So they had that early adopter status on iOS, and 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 you know that's a great place to be. But you're always going to get shunted by the platform vendor. And better things have come along. Bear, Notion, Obsidian, you know, how many note-taking apps have we talked about in this podcast? We've tried to run the podcast with some of them, for goodness sake. So I'm not really surprised Evernote's gone away. They they failed to innovate, and like you said, they were a little bit spooky. Yeah, they went went creepy. That's never good, is it? So uh, it's a shame, but yeah, sadly not surprised. Sadly, not surprised. Moving on. And this is, we, we, we like to cover a little bit of the business news here, and we haven't got a story in about the FTC finally approving Activision Blizzard merger, merger for Microsoft, which looks like it's going to go ahead now. It's only the Competitions and Mergers Authority in the UK that are still the sticking point in that deal. But this is one from the EU, who are having a very close look at Microsoft because they think they're getting quite close to antitrust. This is a story in the register that posted on the 4th of July. The EU regulators are edging closer to a full-blown probe into Microsoft's bundling its Office 365 products amid failing efforts by the vendor to deter an official investigation. So this is old Microsoft, isn't it? It does feel a bit like uh, IE all over again when they were forced to be onto IE. I mean, as we've joked before, Teams is more like a, an operating system these days because everything launches out of Teams. Not surprised because it's 
it's obviously paid off well for them and they can probably just pay the fine and knowing that they've got the market share for the next 10 years to uh, to make up for it. They keep doing it. And I wonder, uh, you know, you see it with Apple more recently now, the newer apps coming out. They're more like Apple Classical is an optional download. Freeform, I think, was an optional download. And you can now remove the... Oh, it's not an optional download. Apologies. It does come with the OS, but you can remove it. And I think Apple obviously are hopefully trying to learn from that of let's not bundle everything in. I think Microsoft also needs to do that. And they had a weird thing with Teams, didn't they, where they bundled a weird version with Windows and then there was like an Office version. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is interesting. The whole case was prompted by Slack saying it's unfair that the, the platform vendor is bundling Teams as part of it, which you can kind of see. I agree with them. If you look at that a little bit harder in Office 365, and I reinstalled, I talked about this last week, I reinstalled Windows a couple of weeks back, and it really makes a hard sell. Why haven't you got 365? Just activate it. We'll give you a free trial for a month. Well, while you're here, Teams. Teams runs as default on every single Microsoft desktop that you install. It's the first thing I look to. How, how do I stop this happening? It's taking up system resources. I never want to run Teams on a gaming computer. Why would you do that? Yeah, I installed Windows 11 recently, and the first thing it asked me to do was sign in with my Microsoft account. I was like, well, it was for my mum. My mum doesn't have one. I just want to set up a normal offline user, but it, it, there didn't seem to be an option to do that. It was very bizarre. It is very hard. You can do it, I think, just about if you if you keep sort of skipping and saying, no, I want to, I want to create a local administrative user and things like that, but they make it very hard. I mean, it, it, all this is to tie them, you into their web services, and we, you know, we might talk about advertising someday near in the future. They can sell you stuff if they know who you are. All their sort of initial setup material is based around, I want to know your location. I want to know what serve your ads that are relevant to you. I want to track this. I want to do that. I want to bundle Teams. I want to bundle Office. I can understand why the EU are getting a little uncomfortable with that because that is an awful lot about somebody. If you think of the amount your average window user, like your mum, uses their computer to, they do a bit of surfing. They'll maybe write a letter. They write the odd email. Or do the online shopping probably. That's telling the Microsoft an awful lot about what that person does in that part of the world. It is it, it it is a lot when you think about it in one place. And I'm not saying Apple are any better in this direction with what they bundle on their devices, but Microsoft have form here. You know, they were sued extensively by the US government for their anti-competitive practices. And it feels to me like they are falling back into that pattern. Yeah, I'd agree. It's, it feels a bit, bit dirty, doesn't it? It does a bit. So one worth keeping an eye on. I wonder if it will run as long. It will run as long as, as Activision Blizzard and Microsoft as well, but definitely interesting. Yeah, you can just see this will just drag out, won't it? Very very much so. Moving on, Threads is now a thing. Do you want to tell us about Threads? Yes, yeah, so Threads, I don't know, best way to summarize this, Twitter done by the guys and girls that made Instagram, I guess is, is it in a nutshell. So Threads is from Meta, so Interestingly, Meta now, obviously, they own WhatsApp, they own Facebook, obviously, this was span out of Facebook, and then they've got, they bought Instagram famously for a billion dollars, I think it was, many years ago, and then they've now set up threads. What's interesting is, I think Meta are trying to move away from the Facebook branding, so they've called it Threads by, you know, an Instagram app in essence, and basically, it looks like a Twitter killer, I think, to quote The Guardian, and I think their timing is fantastic, they weren't caught up in the original Twitter debacle I'm going to call it but actually Twitter's carried on sliding threads has turned up and it looks pretty solid straight out the bat I don't know if you've used it I've signed up I've had I imported all my Instagram stuff into it because I, I I did set up an Instagram account ages ago I don't, I don't really use it but occasionally I dip in and have a look so you can import all your Instagram follows if you're on that 
on that social network and then you're up and running with threads and it looks quite a neat nice clean app obviously it's not got all the full functionality yet but the biggest interesting thing is they are talking about linking it to the Fediverse so that you would then be able to consume it in Mastodon and all the other clients that use this activity pub framework I think I got that correct so it's gonna be interesting to see where they go and it does feel like maybe Meta are trying to do it the right way this time we will wait and see I don't that's as much as I really know about it I'd be good to get your view yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts about this, really. This could force our first 20-minute podcast a little bit longer, really. So, yeah, I think your summary is quite good. It is more or less a Twitter clone. It's only on iPhones and Android phones at this point. There is no web client. There is no iPad client. You know, Meta have always been bad about that. You can view on the web, I think, but you can't really do much else. It's very limited, I guess is the right word. Yeah, which given Meta have never created an iPad app for, the, for Facebook or Instagram, doesn't really surprise me. I did. So I did that, wonder about that. I wonder whether the Vision OS will push them over the edge because most of the Vision stuff is iPad apps. So we may finally get Instagram on the iPad. Anyway, I agree with you. From the sign-up process, if you're an existing Instagram user, they're more or less pushing you, which led them to have like a hundred million Threads users in the space of like twenty-four hours or forty years, which is just insane, really, that they've got that many active users. It's impressive. Isn't um, it? It, it's really impressive. What is less impressive is when you go to the app permissions it wants to take off you when you install the app, including your browsing history, your financial history, your health data, and absolutely everything else that went along with that. But you're agreeing to that when you signed up to Instagram anyway. If you actually look at the app privacy certificate that Apple threw up to say what you're giving them access to, it's everything. Basically, they want you to bend over and, and do a prostate exam on you or, or something appropriate uh, <laughs> if you're another gender. So it's that's But that's Meta's game plan i'm not entirely surprised that's what they ask for they're covering all the bases they may not be doing it now because it's just it's like twitter you're posting links of text you're putting links in there you're posting posting the odd picture great off you go from that point of view it's fine i understand why it's attractive to advertisers because you've got a solid brand they recognize that you you know lots of brands jumped on there very very quickly you know you've got celebrities and that's what was part of the appeal of Twitter was, was you were, it was accessible to celebrities and people you'd know and brands you'd know and they were able to advertise and that's good. And I'm not surprised Meta is doing a good job of that because advertising pays the bills. We're going to, Again, we're going to talk about advertising later on, but fine. And you can understand why brands would jump on that because it's trusted. Good, 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 all fine. The thing I talked about a minute ago about privacy and what you're giving it permission to is obviously of concern to the EU as well because if you're an EU user you're not allowed to install threads. Yeah, and I, I thought that meant us, but I'd obviously forgotten that we're no longer in the EU. We're not in the EU, so we get threads. And this led to, we've talked about him on this show a few times, John Gruber, who's an Apple poster. We talked about him and his talk show live and all the rest of it just after WWDC. And he's had a lot of thought about threads and how much he likes it. And basically threw some shade of the EU and he, you know, for having privacy rules as far as I could see it. But they were no, the EU was no fun and they're taking away this awesome new app that everybody else has got access to and get a grip EU and sort it out. And I just think that's completely tone deaf. Yes, I would concur with that statement. I think the EU are trying to do the right thing. Do they go too far? That's a question. But I completely agree with you. I don't think you can go too far in, in people's data and securing it and tracking and trying to correlate between what I browse, where I'm physically based and all that other information these companies have used. So I'm with you on this. I don't think the EU have gone too far. I often email companies and go, please delete my details from your database. I want to exercise my right to be forgotten. So I'm with you on this. I'm disappointed with his view. I'm quite surprised, actually, because he's often 
spoken about Meta's shadiness and fa- especially Facebook's and how he famously doesn't have a Facebook account. He's also a Blue Sky advocate, which is another service out there which doesn't seem to be gaining the traction. It does feel like maybe Mastodon's where the techies are going and Threads is probably where the critical mass will go and Twitter will possibly weather on the vine. It's hard to know at the moment. I think it probably will. I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting situation that's come about with a new social network that's gained as much traction as it has at the same time Twitter is dying. So I think there's a lot to be said for it. It's definitely an interesting take. There, And we did briefly talk about it before when it was coming, that this connection to the Fediverse, and it's an interesting way to go. But you can understand why the open source advocates and the people who like ActivityPub are a bit nervous about that because... The traditional way large companies work, and we just talked about Microsoft, you know, is embrace, take part in the community, extend, build your own private stuff on top of it, and then extinguish the thing that came before. So you can understand some instances in Mastodon being nervous about that, but it's an open source protocol. If, if Meta and Threads want to make use of that, they can, and that's good that they're using it. You would think it would be, yeah, immediately if you can add 100 million users to Mastodon, potentially. That's quite good for Mastodon. They can at least have access to those things, but I do understand people's nervousness about about having, you know, the gorilla in the room who's about to, I don't know, smash some china to make some metaphors. <laughs> what I'm slightly worried about is with this activity pub framework. Meta haven't done it yet with Threads, but are they going to do it? Remains to be seen. Hopefully, they will. They've said they will very publicly. But does that then mean that if they're partaking in? activity pub can they then consume my activity the other way and learn more about me that, that, that's the bit i don't know and i wonder are they trying to do the right thing for the right reason or are they trying to do the right thing for the wrong reason and learn more about about the the people on their network through all the other networks that they belong to and publish whether it's posts images videos whatever it may be location data so on so of course forth. but that's a simple answer of course they are mm, yeah they've got four you know, in this space haven't they <laughs> we, we, we've been through the Cambridge Analytics space, of course they are. But if you post something to Mastodon, it's open to the world anyway. So I, I'm okay with that, but my locations, unless I put that in there, isn't coming along with it. You know, All the other bits and pieces that they've got access to within the app aren't coming along with it. So I think you need to be aware of your social media presence. You need to own your social media presence. And I, I that's why I would not tell people not to be on threads, despite my own discomfort around Meta's things. I think it's good to have a position on that. Otherwise, somebody else might come along and take it. For people in my position, you know, or academics are saying things, it's quite good to have an online presence that that is you. It's not somebody pretending to be you, you know. So I, I've got no problem with that fundamentally. I just think people need to be a little careful about what they do. Should we move on? Yeah, I just briefly where you mentioned Cambridge Analytica, I don't know if you remember a song, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Fallout Boy have redone that song, but updated the lyrics and they actually mentioned Cambridge Analytica in that. So it's quite interesting how they've taken the song, it's fantastic, but updated the lyrics in it for more modern times from 89 to 2023. There you go. I love that song and I will go and listen to the Fallout Boy version. It's fantastic. Moving on, we talked about this before, but... EU were going to identify large vendors of software such as Apple and Google and Microsoft and make christen them as very large platforms that would potentially be liable for more things when it came to protections of data and how you manage companies and competitive practices and all the things that we often talk about in this podcast. And this amuses me no end. Story in the register. Amazon has also been highlighted as one of these very large platforms. Unsurprisingly, it runs a huge, you know, cloud cloud business. 
And the title for this article, Obscure Internet Boutique Amazon Sues EU for Calling It a Very Large Online Platform. Unhappy with its inclusion in what the EU calls a very large online platform, Amazon is sued to have the designation under the Blocks Digital Services Act, DSA, stripped. Amazon was among the first 17 companies to be designated a VLOP in April. So yeah, they are only a small little company who just like a mom and pop store, aren't they? I'm really surprised to be upset they're a large platform. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know what they're trying to get out of this. It seems ridiculous. So that some of the other companies are obviously Facebook, Twitter, the App Store for Apple, Google Play, YouTube, Alibaba's AliExpress. I, I don't know much about Alibaba. A German retailer, Zalando, which again, I've never heard of, but Amazon's gigantic. So I'm, I'm surprised that they're kicking off about this, if I'm honest. Yeah, they, they haven't really got a leg to stand on, have they? I mean, if you're a VLOP, just to be really clear about it, it's, you need... You have additional responsibilities to protect your users, protect your users from illegal content and products, hate speech, and similar scourges of the internet. Amazon, we've talked about this before with Amazon selling the the, the skin cream or the the food supplement that had donkey bits in it. This Amazon don't want to have this kind of protection they've got to put on their users at all, do they? Because they just sell stuff through their store. They're just a box shifter, aren't they? They totally are a box shifter, and you know it's, we've just had Amazon Prime Day a couple of days ago as well, and they shift a lot of boxes. I may have bought some boxes. <laughs> well done for buying some boxes. Good. Okay. I think that's it for news. Should we do a very swift media section? Yeah, let's do it. So I just wanted to talk about this, that I went to the cinema this week and I saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah. I my first question is, what's the age rating on it? Can I take my children? It's PG, oh, I think. There's a couple of... There's a couple of scary bits, but very typical Indiana Jones stuff, I'd say. You know, some loud, big set pieces, some action, a few bits of creepy crawlies, a little bit of blood and guts, but not much in the way of swearing, very little in the way of sex type stuff. Just a a good Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning romp thing that Indiana Jones always was. Is it better than the skull of whatever it was called? I can't think what it was called now. Well, watching paint dry is better than (laughs) Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, it's significantly better. It's, It's on a par with... It's better than Temple of Doom, and I quite like Temple of Doom. So, yeah, good film. And how was the CGI-ness of Harrison Ford's youthful face? Okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't as bad as something like Carrie Fisher's in Rogue One, which was terrible. It is a little uncanny valley in places, but it was... You know they're doing de-aging, but it was acceptable. Okay. I'm interested to see, actually, and I mourned this week, that Empire Cinemas is going away to a degree, they're in administration. They've closed the one by me. And that was always my go-to cinema. It was big. It was spacious. It was comfy. Loved it. Been to loads of premieres there in films with the kids. So I'm a bit, bit gutted. I do want to see that. Have you have you also seen Mission Impossible yet? I haven't seen Mission Impossible yet. I'm behind on my Mission Impossible films. I think I saw the first five and then I began to lose track of which one was which. I've seen um, them all. I've got them all on my iTunes account. But I can't remember which one's which either. So I was going to go back and watch a couple. I think the last one I watched had Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. I don't know which one that is. I'm not enough of a buff to remember. I remember the first two really vividly and the three, four, five, six. I don't know what number we're on, but I'm, I'm struggling. So I need to go back and rewatch them because I do enjoy them. So Yeah, they're, they're good films. And Tom Cruise is obviously watchable and he does his own stunts. And I'm just, I'm continually impressed as a man rapidly approaching his 50s that Tom Cruise is still out there doing that kind of stuff. He's near approaching his 60s by now. Exactly. Okay, you know, so the 50s is a whole decade I don't need to think about it anyway so that's good good film go and watch it far better and Phoebe Waller-Bridge is terrific in it oh I'd forgotten she was in it actually yeah very different role yeah. from Fleabag 
very different. She does, she nails it, though. It's very good. And the other little story this week that fits into media is that Sony, if you're a PS4 or PS5 owner, are giving away Apple TV Plus for three months if you're a PS4 owner and f- six months if you're a PS5 owner. So I just think that's a nice little corporate coming together there. That, that is good, actually. I, I was with some friends at the weekend, and they wanted to see Ted Lasso, and they really enjoyed a free episode they'd watched. And I was like, well, just get Apple TV. And they're like, oh, I don't want Apple, another subscription. I was like, why don't you just get it for a couple of months or something? But maybe I'll, I'll text them and, and let them know about this. Yeah, t- text them that and tell them to nail Thilo, Ted Lasso, Severance, Foundation for All Mankind, and, you know, you're on the winner. And Hijack, actually, still very good. Well, th- that, that was my view. You know, if you if you save up a couple of things to watch, get it for a couple of months, binge it with your children, and then cancel it. Brilliant. Have cool, you cool. seen Air on Prime? I have not seen Air on Prime. I don't even know what you're talking about. So Air is about Michael Knight. Michael Knight. Michael Jordan. It's about Michael Jordan and Mr. Knight who set up Nike. I've read the book. It's fantastic. But I started watching it last night. Quite enjoyed some of the retro soundtrack, the the aesthetic of the show. So it looks good. I haven't finished it yet, but I just wanted to know whether you'd seen it. I haven't seen it. I might download it for the plane. I would, yeah, I'd probably recommend it. So far, like I said, I'm not far in. I love Matt Damon in it. Not sure about Chris Rock, sadly. Just not sure he's he's right, but I don't know. I need to see a bit more of it, I think. And Ben Affleck's in it too. And I'm just going to finish with a thought. There was a trailer before Indiana Jones for Oppenheimer. It's a longer trailer than I've seen before. I didn't realise that Robert Downey Jr. was in that film. Ooh, I did not know that either. Yeah, so it gets all the more interesting all the time. Really good trailer. I'm really quite excited to see Oppenheimer now. That is definitely a cinema trip for me, I think. Yeah. I think that's the end of the show. So we'll do our usual goodbyes and we'll say, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always drop us an email at wakefromsleep at protonmail.com. I'm at g5maniac at mastodon.scot and Chris is at underscore cjp at mastodon.social. And I'll talk to you next week. Cheers, Rob. Cheers, Rob.